Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. I told you before, I really like today. I, I love talking uh, on and hopefully teaching on graduation day because I love seeing our students take their wings and fly. That sounds like a graduation speech, doesn't it? Take your wings and fly. <clears throat> I want to read today from Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22 says this. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat. And they were with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Mary grew up in a great family. Mary's family was very faithful in church. If you think of the typical American family... You would probably think of Mary's family. They weren't wealthy by any means, but they, you know, they got by. Mary was very intelligent as well. As a matter of fact, Mary was valedictorian of her class. She then went on and she attended college. Mary went on and attended college, leaving her home And eventually, Mary actually ended up marrying her high school sweetheart. Now, she attended college, married her high school sweetheart. Her husband was in the military. Her husband actually decided to go in the military to serve his country, and he went in the military in the medical division. Okay, He was a doctor. He was a military doctor. And this moved Mary from place to place to place. But eventually, what happened was, was Mary's husband, he went from being active in the military to to basically in the reserves, and he went into private practice. Now, when Mary's husband went into private practice, that was uh, a pretty good time. Because what happened was, was uh, Mary went from from living on, on military pay to living on doctor's pay. And those things were pretty Pretty good. There was a pretty significant difference in Mary's life. During this time, they had had kids. And Mary was able to devote most of her life to doing what doctor's wives do. Doing social causes. Being part of her PTA. Things like that. Mary's life was very, very good. And then one day, 
Mary's high school sweetheart decided that he wanted to be with someone else. He no longer wanted to be with Mary. So life was good until then. And then life fell apart. Over the next couple years, there was a long, drawn-out divorce. There was years of confusion and anger, having no idea what road to take. And what happened was, was Mary decided that at some point that she would go back to school. And so she did, and Mary actually ended up getting a master's degree. And Mary was trying her best to find out where it was that she was supposed to be at and that God wanted her to be at. This American dream that Mary had been living had fallen apart and it no longer was what she thought it was going to be. And so what happened was, was Mary ended up going to work at a school. Now she was working at the school and she was doing okay, but there was some kind of stirring inside of her. And then one day, that stirring began to get louder and louder and louder and louder. And the stirring came in the form of God. And God said this, I want you to quit your job. I want you to trust me. And I want you to go on the mission field. And Mary, being the faithful servant she was, said, No, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. How? I have, how am I going to do that? I can't do that. And so time went on and on and on. And God kept calling Mary. Mary, I want you to go. I want you to quit your job. I want you to go into full-time ministry on the mission field. And Mary kept asking, what if? God, what if I fail? What if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? Eventually, there came a day when Jesus walked by Mary's school and said, Mary, follow me. And Mary dropped her books, left her pencils on the desk, walked out, and began the journey of going into full-time ministry. Today I want to talk about something that a lot of parents encourage their kids not to do, and I hope you don't get mad at me, but I'm going to encourage the graduates to do, and that is to be a person of risk. To be a risk taker. I think a lot of us view risk in a negative way, and I think if you look at Jesus's life, you're going to see something pretty scary if you do look at risk in a negative way because Jesus calls us to be risk takers. He does. He calls us to be risk takers. He calls us to do something greater than we think we can do ourselves. How else do you explain Jesus walking by a lake, calling people out of their occupations, and them dropping the nets and doing it? I have to tell you, most of my life, I haven't been a risk taker. I'm very slow to move in most things. And I've missed opportunities that God had for me. And he went on and he gave those to other people. So today, you guys, I want to talk about the profile 
of a risk taker. The first thing is this. Risk takers, you guys, they don't allow their fear of failure to ruin them. They don't allow their fear of failure to rule them. And so, I don't know about you guys, but I've always wondered, why is it, why is it that those people in the boat that were fishing there, why were they so free to just drop their nets and go? Why was there not a what if, what if, what if? Let me explain to you how it used to work. What, what would happen was, was <clears throat> the education system for an Israelite boy would be something like this. They would begin to grow up, and by the age of 10, by the age of 10, they had memorized the first five books of the Scriptures. Okay, the law. They had memorized that by the age of 10. Pretty tough system, huh? 10. They'd memorized it. And so what they did is, is they memorized those first five books. And by the age of 10, they would, they, they would start to progress. And what they would do is, is they would follow around a rabbi. Now, a rabbi uh, was someone who was basically a teacher of the law. And they would follow him around. And so they would come and they would be around him. And that rabbi would eventually, about the age of 13 or 14, he would begin to weed out some of the ones that were less serious. He would begin to weed out some of the ones that, were, that maybe weren't up to par. And so what he would do is, is the rabbi, he would basically, he, he would get the best of the best of the best. And the others, the others would be let go. And they would go, and they, from that point, they would go to their own jobs. Maybe they follow what their father did. Uh, maybe they'd go be carpenters, you know, all kinds of fishermen, all kinds of stuff. That's what they would do. And it was only those select few that would stay around, that would, be, uh, uh, that, that would eventually, hopefully, become a rabbi themselves. They would cling close to the rabbi. And what the rabbi would do was, was he would give them what they would call, what he called, and what they called the yoke. And what was the yoke? Well, the yoke was, was the interpretation, the rabbi's interpretation of the scripture that they had memorized and that they had read. It's why Jesus, whenever he says, my yoke is easy, my burdens are light. That's why Jesus said that. Because when he, what he was telling us was, was, listen, this teaching that I'm giving you, this yoke, you don't have to carry it around. I'm going to carry it for you. And so what they would do is, is the, the people that, that would want to be rabbis, they would be real close and they would study all the time and they would follow them around everywhere. Basically, the rabbi would walk and they would walk behind him. Well, what happened was, was Jesus, the rabbi, came by the lake. And when Jesus the rabbi came by the lake, they recognized him as the rabbi. Now, you have to realize that the people who were fishing had already been rejected by the other rabbis. And they were there doing a job. And Jesus walked by and called them and they followed him. Immediately, they followed him. Somehow, they were able to get over their fear of rejection because they had already been rejected before when they were in school before with the other rabbis. But Jesus came by and he called them and they dropped their nets and they began to follow him. And they walked with him and they flowed with him and everywhere he went, they went and they were right there behind him every step he took, they took. And the thing is, is that they had gotten over their fear of failure. What about you? See, a lot of times we let our fear of failure far outweigh the risk. 
We don't want to take a risk because if we take a risk and change jobs or we take a risk and start a business or if we take a risk and follow what it is God wants us to do, people will make fun of us, people will, people will laugh, we'll fail. And if we fail, people will talk about us and how dumb it was to do this or this or this. And what that does is, is that keeps us there, right where we are, not moving forward and progressing and following what God wants us to do. I bet there's some people here today that have things that God, they know that God's calling them to do, but your fear of failure is making you not take a risk. It's what happened to Mary in the story for a few years, sitting in that classroom, day after day after day. The fear of failure, it can rule you. God's trying to take you to the next level, but we're stuck back, scared to do what we know God is calling us to do. The second thing is this. Risk takers, they replace the American dream with God's vision. It's always amazed me, <clears throat> since the time I was little, I was, I was told to strive for success. So if I strive for success and I get this degree which is important, I get this degree, and I strive for success, I get the degree to get the job, to get the things that get me the success that comes from the job. And I get the success, and I have the money, and I have the security, and I'm sitting in my home, and then what? What's next? More money? More success? And the real question would be, why is it that I feel, still feel so empty if there's all this money and all this success and this nice home? And why is it that I still feel so empty? What's next? That's the American dream. But I can tell you it's not God's vision. God didn't give you that job for you to be successful, to sit back and not be a risk taker. Not risk giving to someone else. Not risk taking that chance. Not risk following the vision that he gave you. God didn't give you that job for that. So many times we are stifled by fear. And second, we are stifled because we are trying to live this American dream that is no dream at all. In Romans chapter 15, it says this. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And I love this part. As you trust in Him, and it gets better, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we trust in Him, we begin to overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have a hope and we have a peace and I'm telling you right now, I don't see a lot of hope and a lot of peace in America today. And I definitely don't see people overflowing with that in any capacity. I see worry and stress and anxiety and tightness. If I were going to describe the Americans, it'd be like this. Sort of what they look like. Why? Well, the Scripture says it's because we're not trusting in Him. I worked at a... Uh, I worked at a place that 
uh, for about a year that used to do the, and I've told you guys a story before, I worked at a place for about a year that used to do the 401k plans for IBM, okay? They would do the 401k plans for IBM, and, uh, and they were a peculiar bunch when they would call in, but they would call in, and, and I was talking to a, another employee one day, and, uh, and we, we could see on the screen, we could see on the screen whenever people would call in. They could call in the little automated system, and they could check their balances. And a guy called me one day, and I was talking to him, and he sounded sort of nervous, and I said, oh, okay, well, and I was typing in his stuff, and, and when it popped up, you guys, there was like 50-some-odd pages of stuff in the last year and a half or so. And I'm going, wow. And so after I got off the phone with him, I went to a, to a friend, I said, hey, listen, I said, uh, have, you, have you noticed that, that this guy, this one particular guy, he has this, oh, you're talking about so-and-so. Oh, okay, yeah, I actually, how'd you know? So what's interesting, he said, we found out about a year ago, what he would do, what he does is, is every night at around 10 o'clock, he's getting ready to go to bed. He told us that he has the phone right beside the bed. And every night before he goes to bed, he picks up the phone and he calls in and he listens to what his balance is in his 401k. And when he hears what his balance is, he feels peace then and he can put it on the phone and he can go to sleep. I said, how did you figure that out? He said, because the system was down one night and he called us and let us know that he hadn't slept all night. He's been up worrying the whole night about his 401k balance. He thought maybe someone or something had happened to it. And that sounds crazy to us. But it's a clear picture of taking and trying to put security and peace in the American dream. Risk takers don't think about the American dream. They think about God's vision. The third thing is this. Risk takers allow their beliefs to have feet. They allow their beliefs to have feet. Scripture says that our faith is dead if we aren't walking it out. I want to tell you something. I don't know if you ever thought of this or not. You can have all the beliefs in the world, okay? You can, you can literally pick up the Scriptures... Have every belief, believe it 100%. I'm talking about believe it, man. You're there. You're believing it. You're right there. You're coming to church. You're believing it. But if your beliefs don't have any feet, it's worthless. It's worthless. Scripture says that faith without the works is dead. And if we're saying we believe the Scripture that says that God is our provision, yet we're relying on our bank account, our stuff, our American dream to be our provision, then one way or another, you're lying to yourself. One way or another, you're lying to yourself. Risk-takers allow their beliefs to have feet. Do you guys know what it's called when you actually allow your beliefs to have feet? It's called faith. When you have faith, your beliefs actually have feet. And when you have faith, you have the ability to begin to take risk in your life that God wants you to do. Maybe to start that ministry. Maybe to talk to that person at work. I'll tell you, that's a risk. Talking to that person at work that you know needs Christ. 
risk takers. Jesus walks by the beach, calls them out, they come off, and suddenly they're risk takers. And he calls us to be the same way. The final thing is this, is risk takers break the mold. Risk takers break the mold. There's a story about a, a guy, he took his son fishing. He was throwing out the line and he was sitting there fishing and he caught a few fish and he saw this guy across the way. He could see him just, just good enough to he could see the size of fish he was catching. And he noticed that he was, he was fishing and, and he would pick up this fish and the little bitty tiny fish he would keep. But he noticed one time he caught this huge fish and he was like, he was like oh man, I know he's going to... He took it and put it back. And this went on hour after hour after hour after hour. The small fish he would keep and the large fish he would put back. So finally the guy got curious and he said, listen, I'm going to go ask this guy. So he walks around the lake and he says, excuse me, I've just got to know. I've been noticing, my son and I here, we've been noticing that you catch a small fish and you keep it, but you catch a large fish and you put it back. What's the deal? And the guy said, man, I ain't got anything but a 10-inch frying pan. It's funny, but the truth of the matter is, is that we have put ourselves in a mold, maybe that someone gave us. It's interesting, my mother, I love my mama, uh, but she's, she's a character sometimes, and I had graduated with my master's in education, uh, and, and I'd, I'd gotten a job, I was going to teach biology in high school, uh, and my mom pulls me aside the day before I was supposed to start. We had went up to visit my mom and dad, and my mom pulls me aside, and she says, Hey, Barry, do you think you can really teach biology in high school? I said, Hey, Mom, I'm pretty confident. i got a master's degree. I think I can handle it, okay? And if I don't, they give you the answers. She goes, Oh, okay, 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 okay. I got it, okay. What happened? My mom had put me in a mold. She remembered me when I was in sixth grade and hated science. She put me in a mold. Risk takers don't allow themselves to be put in the mold. They don't allow themselves just to have a 10-inch frying pan. They expand. It's interesting. A lot of times, and parents, I love y'all, I really do, but sometimes you do this to your kids, and I do it to mine too, is we put them in a mold because we know them. Let's say, and I do this with the students all the time, let's say this whole stage area is the span of our life. And, and maybe over here is the birth over here, and your kid is about right in here. And we see our kid right in here. Maybe if you've got a college graduate, you see that college graduate right in here. Maybe if you've got a graduate in high school, they're right in here. Yet, God sees it all. And we can only see here, and we can see back, but God sees back and here, and He sees forward, and He sees the plan, and He sees the life, and He sees everything that's going to go. And we try to keep our kids and ourselves in this mold, and God can see what's going to happen up here if we decide that we're going to follow Him. And He can look back, and He can see the whole thing, and He's got this plan and this purpose, and we're trying to keep our kids in 10-inch frying pans. And God wants them to break out of that. And He wants to expand. And He has this purpose over here that He's trying to get them to. And sometimes it's the very people that love them the most that don't want them to get to that purpose. And they don't mean any harm, but it can happen. And sometimes it's your parents. Sometimes it's 
Maybe your friends, maybe it's your pastor sometimes. Sometimes it may be you. You may have a mindset that I can't break out of this mold. Well, let me tell you something. Risk takers break out of that mold. And it's the hardest thing to do when you've been put in this mold. It's the hardest thing to do to break out of that. It's very difficult. and It's very scary. And it feels like you're stepping off steps right here and you're not able to go. And you're just going to step out. It's very difficult to do. It's interesting. Sometimes, I don't know if you guys know it or not, but uh, I, I'm pretty, uh, I think pine trees are pretty cool, uh, except for the needles and stuff that fall in your car. And so, but, but they, look, they look pretty cool. But there's an interesting thing about a pine tree, and I'm going to use one of these, and this is definitely not a pine tree. But you guys know if you take a pine tree and you put it in a plant like this, <laughs> I feel like a king. Dropping tulips. Anyway, listen, if you, if you guys know, if you take a pine tree and you put it in a pot this size, the pine tree will grow about this tall. Did you guys know that? The pine tree will grow about this tall. Now, why is that? Why in the world will a pine tree only grow that tall? Well, because the pot's too small. The pot's too small. The pine tree only goes this tall because the pot is too small. Sometimes what you have to do is, is you have to break the pot. And you have to be planted in a bigger pot. Maybe even in the soil so that you can't grow this tall, but you can grow like a pine tree. We have to break the mold. Risk takers, you guys, break the mold. And it's exactly, it's exactly who God wants you to be. I'll tell you guys, I've scored some major points today. Big time points. Remember Mary we were talking about at the first of the service? Mary, <clears throat> Mary, Mary, her, her name is actually Mary Ellen. Her name is Mary Ellen Hiller. And a lot of you guys know her as Penny, Penny Hiller. It's Wendy's mom. She's here today, so I figured I could score some points. Um, just Remember me at Christmas. Anyway, so, so, Penny, Penny went through that life, followed Jesus. And I was thinking about this this week. And I don't know if she's ever thought about this. Wendy's oldest daughter married a fantastic pastor. That's me, y'all. I'm just letting you know. Everybody's like, Wendy's got an older sister? What? Wendy's, Wendy's, Wendy's uh, in the ministry. Penny's middle daughter uh, is married uh, to a chaplain's assistant in the military. He serves our country. He's in the ministry. And Penny's youngest daughter is following her mom's footsteps and doing mission work. All three kids serving God. I wish I had time to show you the photos of the risk and the reward that has come from Penny's missionary life. I wish I had time to do that. You'd be amazed at the blessings that can come from taking a risk. Graduates, I want to tell you something. I want to encourage you to be risk takers. I want to encourage you not to allow anyone else to put you in a mold when you know that God has called you to do bigger things. I want to call you, I want to ask you to, when God calls you, Answer that call and be a risk taker.